This episode of the CPA Reviewed Podcast is brought to you by my company, Ninja CPA Review, where you can get all Ninja materials under our new Ninja monthly plan for one low monthly price, which is cheaper than a cup of coffee per day. And Ninja Monthly works with any CPA review course, or it can be used standalone for standalone study. So if you like your course, you can keep it. If you hate your course, well, you can ditch it and go 100% Ninja. And the best part, there is no commitment. So this is not a financing plan. So Ninja is the only monthly plan that lets you walk away after one month, no questions asked, for any reason whatsoever, Every other monthly plan out there locks you into at least $1,500 to $3,000, and you can't walk away. So, But with Ninja, you can. And if you try it, and if you hate it, hey, shoot me an email. I will refund your money. And so there's literally no reason not to become a Ninja right now. So right now, this very second, hit pause and go to another71.com forward slash Ninja, and then sign up, and then hit play, and then listen to the rest of the podcast. Now, after you sign up, shoot me an email, jeff at another71.com. That's jeff at another71.com. And let me know that you listened to the podcast and became a ninja. And I promise I will reply. And while you are shooting me an email, tell me your story. I want to hear it. Okay, that's it. Hit pause. Go sign up to be a ninja. Shoot me an email. And I will see you in the dojo. The following is general advice only and should not be construed as accounting, legal, or any other professional advice. The details of your situation are fact-dependent and you are advised to seek the help of a competent professional. And we are live. Welcome to the Another 71 CPA Exam Podcast, episode number 86. As always, I'm your humble host, Jeff Elliott, a licensed CPA in the state of Kansas by the grace of God and to the chagrin of many, and the number is growing daily. (laughs) This is episode 86. Um, If you want to be on the show, go to another71.com, click Ask Jeff. Or if you have a question for the podcast and want a response within 24, 48 hours, normally it's 24 hours, you can be a member of Ninja Monthly and ask it via the dojo, or you can always just email me, jeff at another71.com, and I will help you get pointed in the right place. So if you have questions, hopefully I have a few answers. <clears throat> We're, also record- <laughs> We're also recording this on Facebook Live, and uh, if you want to see me... Uh, Started and stopped this thing three times already. You can go ahead. All right, Bobby starts things off. What is the best way to find CPA study materials to help me pass the CPA exam? Well, as if the CPA review community doesn't rely on mnemonics enough, I've come up with a mnemonic for buying CPA materials, and that's TRY, T-R-Y. You need to do trials. So sign up for free demos and try it, try the software and see if it's right for you. You need to research. You can Google any CPA review course and you're likely going to run into a bunch of crap. (laughs) Everyone out there is biased, including me. And when people ask me, when they email me, hey, should I buy your Ninja materials? I almost always say, uh, I am extremely biased. So 
Um, but one place that's not biased is the Another 71 forum. Um, you can go there and there's over half a million posts. Just search for any course. You'll likely find people who are evangelists who love the course. You will find people who hated the course and you'll find the majority who, who thought that the course was just fine. And you'll find that for just about any course. So try trial, research, and then finally you, T-R-Y, the Y is you. Um, your budget, your learning style. So do you want to spend three or four grand, two grand, something inexpensive like Ninja Monthly? Like, think about this. You graduate from college, You, if you're like the average student, you have a boatload of student loans, and you get married, and you get a mortgage, maybe you get some car payments, you start having kids, like, <laughs> your, your son or daughter might be starting to study for the CPA exam by the time you pay off that CPA review course. So, it's something to keep in mind. And so your budget and finally your learning style and your preferences. So is as you try your the review course in question, ask yourself, do I want to spend my early mornings, my do I want to be with this instructor at 5 a.m.? And if the answer is, eh, I can probably handle that, then go for it. If the person already grates on your nerves, like some people don't like my Kansas twang, <laughs> it's fine. Um, if there's some mannerisms about an instructor that just drive you up the wall and it makes you not want to study, you should probably not buy that course because you are not going to want to study at 5 a.m. I mean, yeah, maybe you can handle it at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 5 a.m., not so much. So try. Trial, research, and, <clears throat> and you. And that is the best way to find your CPA study materials. All right, let's start off with some dojo questions. Again, if you want to be a member of the dojo, it is our private study group. So we have a free study group on the another71.com forum, but inside of the Ninja Monthly membership area, we have a dojo study group and <clears throat> private messaging and all sorts of good stuff. Carly says, would you say that the flashcards are equal to the Ninja Notes, but in flashcard format, when reviewing both, they seem to be the same. I'm curious because I learned better via the flashcards, but I don't want to shorten my time on the Ninja Notes. Uh, the flashcards do not contain all of the info in the Ninja Notes. The Ninja Notes are, uh, they they go, I mean, the Ninja Notes are, are already very abbreviated, but they are, they go into a lot more in depth on topics than the flashcards. The flashcards are simply for re reviewing when you're at the doctor's office or whatever. I tell people to uh, remove Facebook from their phone and put the, the Ninja flashcard app in place of the um, place of Facebook so that when your thumb, your muscle memory naturally goes to Facebook or whatever your app of choice is, uh, you can trick yourself into studying. Um, no, you cannot study only the flashcards instead of the Ninja notes. You will not get the full benefit. The flashcards probably are 60% of the notes maybe, um, just give or take. Cole says, I had a question related to the Ninja Study Framework. I'm not seeing anywhere in the framework on how to incorporate doing, this, doing the sims or doing practice tests. Do you have a suggestion or advice on how to tackle those, if at all? Okay, I used to tell 
people that um, I was not a fan of Sims and you know maybe do 80% MCQ, 20% Sims because I've always held that if you understand the the content well enough to do the MCQ, then you know it well enough to do it on the simulations because the Sims are just a natural application of the concepts that you're already learning for the MCQ. Quite a few people probably disagree with me on that, and especially, you know, the Sims used to be 40% of the CPA exam. Now it's 50%, for, now it's 50%, it's 50-50. So the combination of the higher weight of the Sims and, and also probably a, a little bit of friendly pushback on the forum about my stance, so I can go 70% MCQ, 30% Sims. If I were studying today, I'd probably do 70-30. So I still hold that if you if you understand the tax concepts, um, if you if you understand the F-150 mnemonic for a farmer's tax return and regulation, then that will help you do like a simulation if you have a farmer's sim or something like that or um, something about M1 and M2 and if you have to do, like, if you understand M1, M2 for, for a corporate, for corporate tax, then, then you'll probably do okay on a simulation because it's just a natural extension application of what you already know. But um, at a bare minimum, I would, I would do the AICPA sample test because it's like whatever, five questions. But you also get to do the sims and get familiar with the format, especially the research component. Make sure that you know how to do the research component for the AICPA sample test. Practice exams, I hate practice exams. I tell people that they are a waste of time. People still insist on doing them. A practice, practice exam, uh, it's, again, it's a waste of time because just because you score a 75% on your practice exam, that doesn't mean that you're going to pass the CPA exam. Anecdotally, unofficially, I think that a 75 on the CPA exam is kind of like a B plus, A minus, probably an A minus. And so, um, and that's based on nothing other than just my gut feel. And so you can spend four hours doing a practice exam and all you've done is you've waited four hours to get the feedback on questions one, two, and three. I mean, I, I am a bigger fan of doing questions in study mode, getting the immediate feedback. And, um, and so yeah, I think, I think practice exams, they don't tell you really how you're doing other than just a percentage, but what's that good for? And then you have to wait hours to get feedback on your questions and then you have to go back through them. Okay, uh, you got this one wrong and why. I'm a bigger fan of doing questions in study mode, immediate feedback, take a note or two if you need to over the question and move on. Ricky writes in, I, I've seen you mention that you can rewrite notes from the Ninja book or you can rewrite the Ninja notes word for word. What's your experience choosing between the two for most people? That step in my planner is coming up soon and I'm not sure what to do. Uh, if you had to choose between the two, so when you're taking the notes in the Ninja Framework, you can either take the notes, well, you should take notes over your concepts, 
But when you rewrite the notes, you can either rewrite your own notes or rewrite the ninja notes or rewrite both. I am a big proponent of rewriting the ninja notes word for word. You can rewrite your own notes if you want to. But people tell me that rewriting the ninja notes word for word is the way to go. I had one guy email me that said he rewrote it like two or three times. And just all sorts of research has shown and you know, not to name drop, but Harvard um, says that writing things down like stimulates your brain and makes things stick a lot better <clears throat> than highlighting. And so yeah, you can take notes and that's great, that's better than highlighting, but rewriting your notes and let, letting them marinate a little in your brain, I think will serve you well on exam day. So Ricky, to answer your specific question, I would rewrite the Ninja Notes. Logan writes in from the dojo, I am taking FAR in one week. I'm currently trending in the high 50s and low 60s. I've already copied the Ninja Notes down and I'm reading them at least once a day. What's your best strategies for cramming in the last week? Would you recommend studying with the Ninja Notes or focusing on MCQ or the Blitz videos? I am able to study for around eight hours every day between now and exam day. Uh, your final week, you should be hitting the MCQ really hard and start with your weakest area first. So you're taking FAR, let's say your weakest area is bonds and your second weakest is not-for-profit accounting. And if you don't know what your weakest areas are, if, you, if they all feel weak, just think, um, when, I, when I'm dreaming at night, which one am I dreaming about that's giving me nightmares? If it's bonds, okay, start with bonds. And um, so that's your weakest area. Work 20 question mini testlets until you're scoring in the 70s. It's an arbitrary number. Until you're scoring in the 70s and then move on to your next weakest. Not for profit accounting as an example. And then score in the 70s on that and move on. So do 20 question mini testlets. So I would do that with the MCQ and then I would hit the, the notes hard. I would keep I would keep reading those. And uh, the Blitz videos, the Blitz videos are a combination of, of the Ninja Notes and the audio, and you can, um, you can watch those if you want to. If I was pressed for time, I would read the Ninja Notes and I would hit the MCQ. And then obviously, even when you're driving to your exam, you are listening to the Ninja audio over your nightmare topic. So Bonds, as you're driving to Prometric, you're listening to the Ninja Audio over Bonds. Just get that stuff in your brain. Amir writes in, <clears throat> I'm in desperate need of some, of some advice on how to study for FAR and specifically in the AICPA content area of select financial statement accounts. I started stronger and comparable in all areas except this and simulations. I find that time is my biggest hurdle and that I'm very thorough and tend to read in great detail and have a tendency to verify and reread documents and gain assurance that I am answering the questions correctly. Any advice would be appreciated. All right. So select financial statement accounts. That's you know that's 30 to 40 percent of your FAR exam, and that's things like cash, receivables, inventory, investments, PP&E, bonds. So pretty important stuff. And there's a whole section of that in the Ninja book. I would read the Ninja book, um, especially over over that. Or over that topic. <clears throat> so, I mean, the only way to get stronger in that area, I would read the Ninja book, nail the concepts there, and then I would hit that section really hard in the MCQ. I mean, it's 
sounds like a pretty simple answer, like <clears throat> read the book, do the MCQ, but I mean, 30 to 40%, you have to take that section seriously, and the only way to do it is um, make sure that you're taking good notes, and especially on the MCQ, when you miss things, make sure that you really write them down. Dolly <clears throat> says, can you give me study tips on preparing for the task-based simulations for the FAR exam? So we get a lot of questions about simulations. And I recommend doing 70% MCQ, 30% simulation. Some people think it's you know 60-40. I don't. 70% is the max. I mean, like, you can't spend all of your, you can't spend half of your time doing simulations because um, like, you know that you're going to get whatever, 70, 80, 90, whatever, whatever the breakdown is um, amongst each exam. I don't have it memorized. But you know that you're going to get <clears throat> tested over each concept a little bit. And then you're only going to get a handful of sims. You need to master the content, or at least to an, an acceptable level, 80%-ish for the MCQ, to be good enough for exam, for exam day. <clears throat> I'm still, I'm 40 and my voice still cracks, that's okay. Again, you're going to, you're going to get a handful of sims. You need to, I mean, you can't just punt the sims, um, because if you, if you punt the sims and then you fail, you're going to blame it on punting the sims, so you don't want to do that. But you should definitely do the AICPA sample test and get familiar with it. But I mean, I recommend 20 to 30% of your time max on the simulations. I would, I would do simulations over what I call your bread and butter tactics. I don't know if bread and butter is a, is a Midwestern term or what, but um, over, the, over your basic topics, inventory, bonds, leases, just, stuff that you can take to the bank that's that's going to be on the exam. BEC, okay, so um, what's a big topic in BEC? Cost accounting, all right. Um, regulation, individual tax, partnership tax. I mean, stuff you have to know. Do a sim over it. I mean, don't do a sim over some nuanced topic, but do sims over your basics. And I think using that rule of thumb, I think that will serve you well on exam day. Utbal, sorry if I butchered your name, <laughs> writes in, I'm terrible with names. I am frustrated with CLIMB because the questions are very hard and I feel that no matter how many times I've read the outline, I do not get the magical score of 75 on any of my units. I have the monthly subscription for Ninja Far. Do you have any suggestions or tips on how I should could successfully supplement CLIMB or should I just go full Ninja mode? Now, whenever I read a question like this and someone has a complaint about a, 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 re, a review course, sometimes I, I omit the company name. But I left it in here because Glime is a good company and, and they have a good reputation and, and I have a great relationship with them and, and respect them a lot. And, um, and so they have, they have good products and you know, I've said before, um, when people talk about a course in the forum, you know, 20% love a course, 20% hate a course, 
and was it 60% are kind of in the middle and but more more people tend to have glowing praise for Glime versus eh. so Glime customers seem to be very happy with it okay now with that said I have an editorial disagreement on some of their questions because like for instance enrolled agent so um, at least they used to and I'm pretty sure this is still the case they include enrolled agent questions in the regulation material you don't I guess this is for far <laughs> so so I'm this doesn't really it's not really applicable applicable for far but I'm gonna use an um, enrolled agent and regulation as an example enrolled agent questions are beyond the scope of the CPA exam I believe and so uh, there's something to be said about just going through brutal sparring sessions so that the actual fight seems a lot more doable and there's something to be said about that however I also think that questions that are beyond I mean you get some nuanced corporate tax questions like you're gonna feel like you're just dumb and it's gonna make you not want to study and really doubt yourself going into exam day and then you're like oh well maybe I guess I do know this stuff and I do think it can impact your morale um, and so but this is for far and I don't know of any extra um, like I don't think they put uh, CFA questions in FAR <laughs> or anything like that. But so it, it might just be that it's the AICPA release questions that are just kicking your butt and has nothing to do with with editorializing or anything. Um, and so so all of that to say, keep using Glime and especially their their sims. Um, people seem to love their sims, so keep using their sims and um, and then for for Ninja Monthly. So go to another com forward slash pass was it pass CPA exam or pass the CPA exam. It's one of the it's, it's the post sticky at the top of another com. It's how to study with Ninja and it's how to use a review course and um, and Ninja Monthly. And so you can you can read how to use your line materials with Ninja Monthly how to incorporate um, the book. So you have two books, which one do you go with? You have two sets of software, which one do you go with? And just for purposes of this of this question, I would do your learning, so your NIN, your um, non-stop multiple choice, I would do that with your Glime materials and your Glime questions. Um, and then for your review, the A, it all comes together, I would switch to Ninja MCQ. And then obviously you're using the Ninja Notes all the way through from the beginning. You're using Ninja Audio all the way through from the beginning. Going back to the end, nail the concepts. I don't know if you have their videos or not, but um, you can decide if you want to watch those. And we have obviously have the Ninja Plus, the BISC videos. If it were me, I would read. I would switch to the Ninja Book. I would, I would read the Ninja Book and take notes over that. I use Glime for the MCQ. And um, and then Ninja MCQ for sorry use use Glime for the nonstop non MCQ and use Ninja MCQ for the A phase. It all comes together, and I mean, kind of mix and match. However, you feel comfortable. I mean, you you likely paid a lot of money for your course. You should use it, and it's it's a good course. But that should help give you a feel for how to incorporate both Glime and Ninja Monthly, again, 
I'm a big fan of the folks at Glime anyway, so uh, no issues there. And if I didn't like him, I wouldn't have mentioned the name. Because <laughs> some, sometimes I, I omit the company name. Ellie writes in, I want to study for the CPA exam and I, need, and I need your help. My son is nine months old and I need to study at night. Would you please let me know where do I start and what is the first step? Do you think a 20 day time frame is right for me? 20 days, especially with <clears throat> a nine month old, way too condensed of a time frame. I mean, uh, you're studying at night, so I'm assuming that you're working during the day. So no, I mean, I would um, go to another, which way I'm looking here? <laughs> go to another 71.com forward slash free and click and download our free study planner. And it should give you a seven week time frame. Um, I think we're working on a condensed four week time frame. Uh, so you need, you need probably seven weeks. It, it kind of depends on, on the exam, you can get by for five weeks for auditing and BEC regulation and FAR. It's about seven weeks unless you really want to hit it hard, like pedal to the metal, you know, 25 hour weeks. But um, where do you start? So go to another71.com and uh, read how to study. Download our our free study planner. It comes with the CPA exam survival guide and it walks in de walks you through in, in detail the Ninja Study Framework. You don't have to use Ninja materials. You can use whatever course you want to and apply the Ninja Framework to it. It's a free download and that will help you how to study. And uh, so that's what I would do. 20 days, too tight of a time frame, unless you're just, like, uh, unless your NTS is, is expiring or something like that. But, or, you know, if it's, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess in your case, the exam window might be closing, so you might not have a choice and um, so I guess, <laughs> I guess if you want, probably should have thought this more, I should, should have thought this through a little bit more, um, <clears throat> because we are at the end of the testing window. So if you're at the end of the testing window, there's, there's another article on another71.com. It's, it's in the sidebar. It's how to pass in 20 days. And it's not a best practice. It's wild and crazy and just nuts, <laughs> but it's how you can conceivably study and pass an exam section in 20 days. It's not pretty. It's not fun. <clears throat> You'll have no life. You'll hate me and everyone around you. Um, but, I mean, if you use Ninja, obviously. But it can get you through in 20 days. So that's what I would do. So go to another71.com, click how to pass in 20 days. <clears throat> Run, writes in. I am entering my senior year in college. I want to take my first CPA exam immediately after graduation. I'm thinking about piggybacking the auditing exam a few weeks after my college audit course so that the concepts are fresh. What are your thoughts? I would not do that. I would still, so graduate, you know, road trip, hang out with the family, whatever, enjoy life, then jump into the CPA exam and I would, I would give it your full five to seven weeks. Like just because you took auditing in college, like there's plenty of auditors out there who can't pass auditing and you know some of you're like yep that's me because I get the emails all the time hey Jeff I'm big four I'm an auditor I was you know 4.0 in college I can't pass auditing am I stupid and the answer is no just auditing is a tough exam it's it's a very subjective exam it's not as objective as as um, regulation or FAR it's it's like each question seems like it has two correct answers and so 
um, just because you take auditing, you know, take advanced auditing or whatever, yeah, it will be more fresh in your mind. So yeah, you might take that first instead of taking FAR first. <clears throat> Normally I recommend taking FAR first so that you get the beast out of the way for your 18 month clock. But in special circumstances like this, you might have a small advantage because you recently took auditing in college and some of it's fresh in your mind. And so I think there's some merit to that, but still give it your full five to seven weeks. Kevin says, I have a general question about the accounting education requirements to sit for the exam. I'm, I'm considering sitting for the state of Washington and I still have some classes to take to satisfy the requirement. Regarding the quarter to semester hour conversion, in general terms, are conversion hours rounded up? I calculated 17.7 hours after conversion. Is this seen as 17 hours or 18 hours? Now, the answer to the question is, I don't know. <clears throat> but why would I include a question that the answer is, I don't know, um, in a podcast? Because it's not helpful to anyone, obviously. Um, and the reason why I did that is because and for anyone listening who has a question about um, will this class work or will this class count or how will the state board um, approach, approach this, there's only one way to know and that is to contact them directly and I would, I would call the State Board of Accountancy, ask for the director and speak to them and then follow up with an email um, it's like, hello, director, such and such. Just want to, you know, thank you for uh, your time on the phone. Just so that I understand, um, I am doing X, Y, and Z, and the state board is okay with X, Y, and Z, and it will count towards whatever. And get it in writing. That way, if you come up against, no, you're you're not approved or whatever. Like you have it in writing. So only. I mean, the AICPA writes the exam. NASBA administers the test, but, but only the State Board of Accountancy determines whether or not you're eligible to take the exam and whether or not you get licensed. So it's their opinion that matters. It's not my opinion that matters, it's their opinion. And so get it directly from them in all situations and circumstances. Lisa says, I want my CPA license, but I can't find the energy to work hard and study. I feel overwhelmed <clears throat> with the time that FAR is suggested to take and have fallen so far off track. Becker suggests 10 weeks for FAR and realistically it will take me what seems like 20 weeks. That is a lot of time to do nothing fun but study for one exam. How can I find the motivation to put myself into this? Every day I struggle to log in and start studying and commonly push it off to tomorrow. And then tomorrow rolls around and I push it off again until tomorrow. <laughs> that sounds familiar. <clears throat> then I feel guilty for not studying. How do you push yourself to study every day? Um, for me, like I wanted to be a CPA, but I didn't want to study. I wanted to come, so I had a public accounting gig. I'd come home. I don't think I had any kids back then. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> <clears throat> and I want to come home and just, <clears throat> back then we didn't have Netflix. We didn't have smartphones. That's how old I am. But uh, I wanted to play like Madden on PS2. <laughs> Anyone still play Madden? Um, I don't have time for that anymore. But 
back in the good old days. Um, yeah, I didn't want to study. And so I would go and I'd cram for a week and I'd fail with a 71. And I'm like, hmm, why did I fail? Oops, I guess I'll do it again. And then I would just repeat. I, I did that for like three years. <clears throat> My wife's like, okay, I get that this is a great excuse for getting out of family reunions or whatever, but like either start studying or let's hang it up. And so I said, you're right, it's time. And so then I did what I've developed into the L plan, early lunch late. It conveniently, conveniently matches the first three letters of my last name. Early, get up early, study for an hour. Study at lunch, skip, going to the deli with whoever and gossiping about, and gossiping about the boss, like eat your sand, eat your sand, your sandwich for 10 minutes at your desk and then watch a 50 minute lecture. Uh, stay an hour after work if you can, if you know, if you have kiddos to pick up from daycare, whatever, you know, you can't do that. Um, and then study for an hour or two at night. That's the early lunch late. And that study for eight hours or so on the weekends. And again, you can get the Ninja Study Planner and map all that out uh, at another71.com forward slash free. And, uh, and it's a free download. And so, but the bigger question is, how do you motivate yourself? So it's like if your mom or dad came to you and said, um, we want you to run a marathon. Well, if you're like me and you hate running, <laughs> Uh, that's, you know, that's why I always played goalkeeper in, in soccer. I hate running. Um, so if it's someone else's goal for you to run a marathon, are you going to get up and train? No, it's hard. It's terrible. Like who wants to do that? If you want to run a marathon and if it's your personal goal, then that's great. And, and, and then you will do it. You'll find the time you'll run 16 hours on a Saturday training for it. And I know that because my brother-in-law did it. So <laughs> I think I've ran 16, 16 miles in my life. Did I say 16 miles or 16 hours? Anyway. Um, and so why do you want to be a CPA? Is it your dad's goal for you? Is it your uncle's goal for you? Is it your boss's goal for you? Um, like you're not going to get up and do the L plan if it's someone else's goal for you. If you want to be, if, if it's someone else's goal for you to be a CPA, you're not going to do it. Okay, you're just going to like kind of slough on by, spend a lot of money, have a miserable three years or whatever, and just hate life. If you want to be if you want to be a CPA because um, you want to prove to that college professor who kind of looked down their nose at you and thought you were dumb, or uh, <laughs> this guy, um, if you want to prove to your uncle who said you kids have it easy this day. Uh, this day and age, we had to sit in some hotel banquet hall for three days straight or whatever, and number two pencils and yada, yada, yada. You kids have it so easy this, these days. Uh, if you want to prove it to your uncle and shove it in his face at, at Thanksgiving that not only did you pass the CPA exam, but you passed a harder version of the CPA exam than what they passed. And that's factually accurate, by the way. Not, de not debatable. And uh, um, the exam's longer and you have to know more and there's not like three pronouncements back in 1983 like there, like there was when your uncle took it. Okay, all right, <laughs> so box over. Um, so 
if you want to be a CPA, then you're going to study. And if, if you want to have the, the, the career flexibility, if you want to be an entrepreneur and own your own firm, <laughs> and, and I recommend if you want to be an entrepreneur, don't own your own firm. It's like, yeah, do something more fun than that. Um, but if you do want to be an entrepreneur, having the financial background of being a CPA, um, not only like kind of instantly gives you instant street cred with other people, um, rightly or wrongly, I don't know if those, those are words or not, but you know, just people infer that, that CPAs are like financial experts. So, um, people will at least listen to you when you speak. <laughs> but, um, and so it has to be your goal to pass the CPA exam. Otherwise, you're not going to do it. So if, if you if you want to if you want a a um, career hedge, so it will help you from maybe getting saved from from layoffs. If you if you want uh, career advancement, like you know it's it's you versus another candidate going for this job internally, and they pass the CPA exam and you haven't. Guess what? You have an uphill battle. Um, and, and if you never want to have to go into another job interview again, like sweating the inevitable um, question about whether or not you pass the CPA exam, you have to hem and haul over, well, you know, such and such, you know, uh, had this illness and, and couldn't study for a while, like, they don't want to hear it. It's like, have you passed or not? And by the way, no one's ever going to ask you what your scores were. And like, no one, like, no one, <laughs> no one will ever ask you how many times you took the exam once once you um, pass. So bottom line, the goal has to be yours. And until it's your goal to pass the CPA exam, if it's not, then you should hang it up until a future point in time that it is then. So if you, if you wanna be a CPA because someone else wants you to, you should stop immediately. And then at some future point in time, you decide that you want to be a CPA, then jump back into it. Um, and so make sure that it's your goal and not someone else's. And so if it's already your goal, then let's just be realistic. Stop being lazy. I was being lazy. Stop, stop, turn on Netflix, like remove the distractions. If you have to leave your, your apartment, your house, whatever, get away, um, go to Starbucks, coffee shop, whatever, as long as you won't get distracted by other things there, like you might have to break your environment. So if you watch Netflix at home, maybe on your couch, you probably shouldn't study on your couch. And so do like, make sure the goal is yours and then you might have to make some environmental changes in order to get into study mode. Hope that's helpful. Sarah writes in, I need to pass my FAR and BEC exam by tax season. My reg exam expires Q1, 2019. So obviously I wanna get my two tests that are, done, that are done by tax season. I was using Becker, but my course expired. Am I okay still using my FAR textbook from Becker? I'm using Ninja for MCQ and Sims. I also have Glime. What do you think is my best route for FAR? I'm sitting for the exam in about six weeks. Um, if you already have Ninja, there's absolutely no reason to use other materials that are outdated. So if you, if you want to renew with Becker, that's fine. But if you're not going to, then you shouldn't use outdated materials. And you, and you have Glime as well. Um, go to another71.com and click how to study with Ninja as a full course or a supplement. 
and if you have glime you can use ninja as a supplement or glime as your full course or whatever the combination is there uh six weeks and so um, make sure that you use the ninja study planner on, on how to stay on track nat says i passed three tests through becker my last one far i failed with a 61. far has always been my nemesis i only have 21 days to take far before bec expires can you, can you please lay out what to do to help me prepare and pass this exam with ninja i don't have becker anymore please help me in all caps okay um 21 days so i don't know if that's 21 days that you're already into the study prep or that you're studying from fresh <clears throat> from scratch um, so go to another71.com. I'm going to link in the video below how to pass in 20 days. It's not a best practice, but it might save your life. And then um, also um, read how to study with Ninja as a full course. And um, But long story short, if you're starting from scratch in 20 days or whatever, um, like spend three days in the Ninja book just kind of breeze through it and three days max and then jump right into the MCQ. You, so three weeks, you were going to camp out for two weeks in an MCQ and, um, and work the questions and take notes and your final week, I would watch, I would watch the Ninja Blitz videos. The Ninja Blitz videos are especially helpful if you're on an expert in a, like a, an expedited study plan like you are with this. And so it's like you only have um, three, two or three weeks or whatever. So you get, so basically the MCQ is going to replace like your, your video. So you are learning with the MCQ. You're not testing yourself with the MCQ. You're learning with the MCQ and then you're going to review with the Ninja Notes. Um, you listen to the Ninja Audio everywhere you go starting, starting today and Ninja Blitz, I would, I would watch that at least once or twice before your exam. And, you know, at 61, there's, the, you know, you've already passed three other exams, so you're definitely obviously smart enough to pass and capable of passing, but there's some conceptual weakness, which is why you're scoring a 61. Like, there's a hole there. If I'd guess, it'd be um, governmental accounting, not-for-profit accounting, and, like, you know, something like bonds or something like that. But governmental accounting and not-for-profit accounting, like if you're shaking your head, yes, I hate those. Um, hit those first, like nail those down first and in the MCQ and then jump into the other areas. So um, it's not perfect, but you know, I do believe that you can do it in three weeks. And um, so I wish you well on that. Nate says on the another71.com forum, and if you want to join um, the thousands of other CPA candidates on there, again, we've had over half a million posts, so that's it's a great resource, even if you never log in and post, a lot of um, things to search for there if you have a question. But he says, wow, are the Q2 2018 pass rates always, or are the Q2 pass rates always way higher than Q1? And he's referring to Q2 2018. So are the Q2 pass rates always way higher than Q1? And the answer is yes. So um, give or t like, like over the last decades as I've been like tracking this, which is a sad thing, um, Q2 is always the worst 
testing window for pass rates because people are obviously in tax season and then it's you know it's cold outside it's dark you know everything's horrible and tax season and working eight days a week and stale Folgers coffee and nothing's good <laughs> so uh, CPA exam pass rates suffer now what's interesting is uh, last year Q2 of 2017 was the new exam and when the Q2 2017 pass rates came out uh, people freaked out because FAR was at 43% and I said at the time and there's a post on another 71.com uh, I said just relax like I have a bit of perspective on this because I've seen a lot of things come and go uh, on on the CP exam. So in 2010, when IFIRST was added, people freaked out. Test pass rates dropped. Everything was okay. In 2013 or whatever, the clarified auditing standards started to become tested. They tested both the old way, the what they called the extant standards, and uh, and then also the clarified standards. So you had to know both at the same time. People freaked out. CPA exam pass rates dropped. They normalized. Everything was okay. DRS Sims added. People freaked out. Pass rates dropped. Pass rates normalized. Everything was okay. Uh, Q2 2017, new exam. BEC Sims, higher order skills tested. CPA exam pass rates dropped. Bar was up 43%. I said at the time, the pass rates for FAR would be at 48% by the end of the year. And what do you know, the FAR Q2 2018 pass rates are at 49%. It's, it's very predictable. And in the future, they will introduce something, the pass rates will drop, everything will normalize, and everything's going to be okay. So typically, the pass rates are the highest in Q3 and they kind of taper off a little bit in Q4 because of obvious um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, etc. cetera. Um, yes, we still say Christmas on the Another 71 podcast. Okay. <clears throat> All right, well, that wraps up this show, uh, episode 86. Hope this has uh, been enjoyable, informative, entertaining. <laughs> yeah. If you wanna watch the Facebook Live version of this, um, I royally screw up two or three times, that's fine. All right, go to another 71. So if you, if you want to be on the show, if you have a question for the podcast, um, go to another71.com, click Ask Jeff, and it will hopefully appear in a future edition of the podcast. However, I can only answer so many questions, and I get a ton of submissions. I try to answer what I can, both just through a direct response and also through the podcast. If you want a priority response, I usually answer within 24 hours, then join Ninja Monthly. It's 67 bucks, and you get a priority response, and you can ask Jeff through the dojo. And uh, and again, if you want free study materials, free sections of the Ninja Book, Ninja Audio, Ninja Notes, Ninja Study Planner, Ninja MCQ free trial, and all of the goodies, go to another 71.com forward slash free, and you will get all of that. So until next time, everyone, be good, take care, and I will talk to you soon.